Hey, I'm Dina. I'm Nikki. And we're your hosts for CBD Magcast. CBD Magcast is devoted to the legalization of cannabis and its impact in your community. Cannabis Concierge, the expert and discreet service of cannabis procurement for the individual or retailer. These buds are for you. CBD Magcast Civics brings you business bragging all about commerce in the cannabis industry. Hey, Nikki. Hey, Dina. How you doing today? Great. How you doing today? I'm doing fantastic because we're here at 2020 Solutions and we're going to be interviewing Jackie. Why don't you introduce yourself to our audience and tell everybody what you do and why you do it? <laughs> I am Jackie Munoz. I purchase for all of the 2020 stores in Washington State. I actually kind of fell into this role, but I absolutely love it. It's a lot of work and it's a lot of fun. Actually, more of a relationship building thing as well as procurement. It's been very a big learning experience for me. How many stores are there? There are five 2020 stores right now. Are they all located in Bellingham? Uh, no, we have three in Bellingham, one in Euphreda, and one in Sprague. Ooh, spread out just a little bit. Mm -hmm. Are you in charge of all of the difference in the demographic for purchasing, or do you guys decide to purchase it across the board similar? It's a little bit of both. So we try to get as many 2020 vendors similar across the board, but we do have a local feel, so we make sure the three Bellingham stores have their own local about three or four three uh, vendors right now and same thing with Euphrata they have about three to five different local vendors we have some solid core vendors that all the 2020s have nice how long have you been doing this I've been purchasing now for about a year and a half two years now I think I hit my two year but I've been with 2020 for over three years now I, I guess I should say I fell into the cannabis industry in general I came from retail administration and ended up wanting to go back to school for uh, working on a medical degree and my friend who just started working at 2020 is like come over here it'll be fun it'll be great it'll be so different than what you've been used to and help pay for schooling so I went in gave him my resume that day they asked me to come back for an interview and then I came back for my second interview the next day and I got the job as a bud tender and I was like oh great this will this will be fun to pay for my schooling and I ended up just falling in love with industry and then I was a bud tender shift lead for only four months and then I realized there, there is no organization in this new industry and they had no idea that they needed administration they needed organization in the back so I actually created that position um, and was that for about another five months uh, putting that from scratch putting that together and then realized we didn't have any inventory management as well so and that originally was like part of administration and decided that wasn't going to work long term so I created the inventory management position by that time I was like have would you like to try purchasing after another four months and I was like yeah let's do it so I jumped into purchasing now that's what I've been doing for the longest time that I've been here at 2020 and that was literally learning from scratch I'd never procured in my life I have I, I feel I have a knack with working with people which is a big part of this I love how in the course of how long did you say you went from every step so used to hear your parents say start in the mail room and work your way exactly. up and 20 exactly. years later you can run the company yeah. and we're talking about two years and you worked your way from not having known anything bud tending to now you're purchasing mm -hmm. product to go into five stores mm -hmm. Mm -hmm. and how much inventory do you purchase let's say in a month roughly dollar wise oh geez mm -hmm. um, I probably roughly order a hundred and forty thousand for one store I mean I could easily spend <laughs> thousands of dollars. I would probably say at least two hundred to three hundred thousand dollars in in purchasing cost. Yeah, wow. yeah. It's a lot of product that we move through. I mean, this again for five stores, and we move a lot of volume. 
that's kind of our thing. <laughs> Expand on that a little bit. We know that every store is different than each other because different people start the stores and with different mindsets. And that's one of the main reasons why we do the business bragging section is so that we can share your particular model versus others. So in light of that, what is your interest in, do you do an industry discount? What is your customer discount uh, loyalty program? What do you do for, just like you, the model you were mentioning? Uh, yeah, we actually tried a few. The first one we started out with was actually punch cards, and then we got a letter one day saying that was no longer allowed. We tried a different program. Actually, our, our third try was magic. It's been working wonderfully. It's a a rewards program through Green Bits that um, you basically accrue points for every dollar you spend, and then you can mm-hmm. you can literally spend up to fifty percent off on on items at at any given time. To, as long as you follow one rule, which is the legal rule that you can't go below cost plus tax, you can use your points on that product. And our guests absolutely love it. It's been our our biggest selling point as a rewards program. And then every day we have different daily specials, as a lot of stores do. But you can literally build on that with your points. Um, which a lot of stores don't do. Yeah. It's usually one or the other. It, the points basically act as money, as cash. So we see no reason why not to let our guests use what they've earned. I love that. That's mm-hmm. great. Very cool. Yeah. What's the idea behind your locations of stores? Was there any thought given into kind of as you've branched out from one location to another where you were going to go? And what's the difference between the markets that you've seen? Well, I can definitely answer the last question. The first one was really more... Troy, or the owner, would, sure. would know exactly what he was thinking on picking the locations. Bellingham in general, I know, has that Canadian traffic, which is really nice for us. And even when they legalize, you still can't go over the border with it. So they still have to have to purchase on this side if they want to partake. <laughs> and we get a lot of Canadian traffic up here at all. Mostly the Guide, Meridian, and the Pack Highway stores. Iron Street's more our demographic is the students here. And I guess the demographic, too, for Guide would be uh, the retirees, like Linden and stuff like that. We have a lot of people who come in that are older demographic, but they dab a lot, which is so funny, too. Like, yeah. our biggest moving store is actually our Iron Street location, but for concentrates, the Guide Meridian store is basically on par with them on sales because we just have so many retirees coming in and, and wanting those those dabs, those cartridges. And it makes me laugh. I think it's so funny. <laughs> Um, Can you imagine seeing an older folk getting the torch out, lighting up the, oh, yeah. uh, what What do you call the... Yeah, you got your dab rig, you got the yeah, nail, you're yeah, lighting it up. Yeah. I mean, I, yeah, no, it's great. We see a lot of that up there, and it's it's great. I mean, hey, because people love the idea that it doesn't doesn't smell, doesn't stick to you, it's discreet, especially, you know, in the Linden area and stuff like that. It's a little bit more reserved and conservative up there, so... I think that's just the funniest connection and that it looks like you're the worst drug addict ever doing it <laughs> and it doesn't have to look that shady anymore either so i think a lot of them are learning that your dab rig can turn into a discreet vaporizer or e-pen or cartridge nowadays that doesn't look shady and even you can get like e-nails and stuff like that that are really um, portable and discreet so i think they really like that part of the dabbing culture yeah that's very cool the preferences of all of the different cultures that imbibe in cannabis is so fascinating to watch it it change and I know for me when I first started in cannabis explaining how to take a dab to somebody (laughs) I was very and I it took me probably a year and a half of working in the cannabis industry to buy my own dab rig I tried a couple of dabs but to buy my own dab rig so I would have a hard time if somebody was like so what's a dab I'd be like 
I don't even really want to show you <laughs> what a dab is. Yeah. Yeah. But now, I mean, it's, it's it's so much more mainstream, and I feel better about it as mm-hmm. well, you know? Uh, the stigma of a lot of things that have to do with cannabis has gone away pretty quickly in Washington, I feel like, which is nice. Yeah, I, I do have to say, I think the culture, like you said, is changing. It's molding to something new. I think a little bit more acceptable too. You know, you don't see your rustic colors all over the place. You don't see Bob Marley all over the place. And even then, it's a little bit classier. <laughs> and it's turning sandalwood instead of nag chompra. You know, yeah, just... <laughs> exactly. You don't see your cliche hippie type coming in. You see soccer moms, and you see parents. You see students who just need help sleeping. You need folk who need help someone to help them eat. It just and they're all just your regular joes. And it's it's and you see all. All colors of life come into these stores. I think it, it, even the guests see who's coming in with them, and they realize, oh, okay, cool. This is not some kind of shady drug deal. This is people just looking for something to enjoy the day or help them medically. So it's nice. It's very nice. Is there anything that 2020 does with the community or special in marketing or advertising that puts yourselves out there? We do a lot of local advertisement, either be like with the Echo paper or um, even the hotels. We have those little inserts and stuff like that. Once in a while, we'll do something fun with community. I'm trying to think what we did last time. Do work with local advertisement for sure. We have a huge newsletter that we send out once or twice a week. We get a pretty good opening rate on that. We do texting. has been big. A lot of them do do that texting up here, but it's one of our favorite things to do. People love it. The newest, coolest form of advertisement for us that people have been really enjoying. So you'll send out that weekly special via text. Somebody mm-hmm. puts in their number and then, because I get that from a couple of different places and some I understand and some I don't. I find some kind of confusing when I get them. I'm like, I'm not sure what that means. Yeah, we definitely have to talk about it and like figure out how we want to say something. You only get so many letters, right, to play with and you want to make sure it stands you apart or is is a hook that catches your your guest's eye. The one that we're working with eventually will be able to even connect it with our rewards program. So we'll see, hey, why are we going to advertise this person concentrates when they only buy flour and get really specific per guest and stuff like that. So you got to get collect more data and go from there. And Jake, our IT guy, is wonderful. He's he's a magic man with that stuff. Um, and he sends those out. He actually had one sent out today, you know, double rewards points today. And people love that. They mm-hmm. eat those points up. So um, It does make a huge difference. You'd be surprised what 20% can can do for your pocketbook. And I like the idea that you really understand the importance of it so that you don't take it away and go, oh, we're doing just fine. And you have to keep things fresh. I mean, there's 20 plus stores up here now in a very small vicinity. It's like competitive and they're doing text blasts as well as daily deals and stuff like that. And they'll, they'll have different rewards programs or some kind of discount program that we're not doing. So how do we set ourselves apart and constantly keep doing that? It's a challenge. For sure. Do you know where you are in the status of the other stores in Bellingham as far as your placement for sales and such? It depends on the store location. Like the Iron Street is our biggest seller. I believe they're number three or four. I could be wrong. I'd have to check I-502 data. (laughs) All together, when we combine all three, though, we're we're usually fighting for one or two. Yeah, it's kind of nice to have uh, the locations because they really do work well together in their different demographics. And would you be looking to get more licenses? Should it be possible? Yes, we're. I, I know. I know we're looking for more. That's always a fun one, though, because you got to find some place that's even willing to either rent the location out or buy it, and then your if that county's going to let you even be there. Permits. It's just I can never say a date <laughs> until I get the green light to purchase, and then I'm like, okay, we're officially going to be opening something new. But um, I've helped open multiple stores, and it's always a challenge just to get that up and running. 
most people suffer at the construction for it and you're just trying to get that far yeah exactly <laughs> it's crazy uh, you know and that's not even really what I, where I specialize in but I talk to my boss and my boss's boss and uh, the stories they go through on just trying to get certain permits or you know your LCB agent to agree on this or this and you know what's going to be okay here and what's not going to be okay over here so I mean it really does come down sometimes to your LCB agent in that area how they translate the rules since some of them are pretty open-ended sometimes. Do you purchase everything for 2020 solutions? Are you the purchasing, you're the purchasing manager and you purchase all concentrates, edibles, and flour? That's correct. I used to also do accessories, but that's kind of grown and blown up pretty quickly. So I actually have given that off to somebody else for now until I can, uh, I can find a way to do that all on my own again. It's weird because there's not a lot of programs to help you out with purchasing in this industry. There's really none. That's true. Uh, a lot of people are trying to make ordering hubs, but that is still not something to help me keep an eye on my inventory. There's like things like top shelf data and I-502 data and, and headset programs that kind of help you read your inventory now, but they're still pretty, pretty new. They're not very accurate per se, but they help. But I've had to create my own ordering Excel sheets, basically. This, this, this industry runs on so much money and yet there really is, it feels like I'm running something from like late 90s. All the Excel work that you have to do. For a while, our, even our industry was running on Excel while we were going between, uh, was it Biotrack to Leaf? So it's very interesting to see all this money flow through in, in such an old school manner. Oh, and, and so, all of the cash. Yeah, so much cash. So much it's cash. crazy. You know, not a lot of people have the capability to do anything other than cash, too. Even with vendors, you know, not everyone can get checks or... Not everyone, not every store is willing to pay to be able to use cards because you have to go through so many third parties because of federal ruling and stuff like that. So it's crazy how much cash goes in there and how we run that cash and how we track it and how the state tracks it. It's just, it's so old school. So me running five stores and inventory balancing with my inventory uh, manager is just, it's always a challenge and it's never, uh, we're never done um, uh, upgrading or 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 changing those reorder reports that I've created from scratch and and what's the best way to order. You know, originally in the beginning, before I was even a purchaser, the number one thing was like, buy bulk, get a discount, buy bulk, or get, get some kind of special. And you can't do that. That product will go bad. It'll get stale, it'll dry, and then no one's going to sell it. And then you have bad product. It is a produce. Finding out, okay, how many weeks do I want this product on hand? And how what's that balance? And I mean, it, it took us, well, it took me a while. It was just me. <laughs> But, you know, I order now for like a two to three week basis for on-hand inventory and it keeps it fresh enough and keeps the menu fresh enough with new strains and stuff like that. Tracking that too, these reorder reports were all I really had for a while. Everything helps. Nothing does the full job. I have three screens for a reason. Mm -hmm. You know, I got to look at multiple sources to get the answer I need right now. We humans need our jobs. <laughs> it's true. It's true. Yeah, and you definitely need to put a personal touch on it right now, especially just with working. I work straight with the teams. I'm, I call them all the time, talking to the managers constantly, going in and, and doing that face-to-face -face interaction, even though I work here at this office. I'm there a lot, and I'm calling them a lot because at the end of the day, those bud tenders are your, your front lines. They are the ones that make help me make my biggest decisions on picking up vendors. You know, I've come from retail where that wasn't the case. Your front line didn't have any decision what was sell, being sold, and so it's complete 180 on me and I it was a learning lesson that like I need to talk to these people they know exactly what will sell what their guests are coming in for um and you know they help me try product all the time we're getting samples every day from vendors across the state and it's a lot of work there's no way I could do it on my own my lungs would die <laughs> first off um I would die definitely with all that partaking if you will so um, but also too you're not out there with the customers and I think that's one of the main reasons mm -hmm. why we do the bud tender corner and the culture mm -hmm. sessions because 
that front line, that bud tender who sees somebody come in all the time and has dialed them in and started to figure out what they like. And that's when I think the prides of being a bud tender is getting to that point with your customers. All of that great information from this huge exactly. team. Oh, it's exactly right. That um, reaches your clientele. Yeah, and, and they, they, yeah, they're the ones listening to what these guests want and what they need. Two of our stores are paramedically certified, so when those patients come in, you need to listen. You, you're trained to listen and hear what they need, and some things aren't even available for me to buy yet. I've gotten requests for THV which is an appetite suppressant cannabinoid. And it's like, no one's making that yet, but the demand's there. And I've been telling all my, my people like, hey, next thing, you know, CBD's great, CBG, CBN's been, been popping up. Okay, I need the next next thing. CBC's been great. We have been seeing a little bit of that lately, which has been really good. Being able to get that information from the team really helps me because then I'm directly t- talking to these vendors who don't know because they're not on the front line. And so they think they, not anymore, they, they know to listen to me. But in the beginning, they thought they knew what people wanted. And it's completely different than what I think the black market had told them. Yeah. And then again, those bud tenders are the ones they'll sell what they like. They sell what they know mm-hmm. know is good. They they are very honest. They don't want to sell anything that, that is not up to their you know, standard to, to the guests. And that's why. I, I can't bring that in, right? Like I can only bring a what sells and what the bud tenders know will sell. Um, yes, I look at the numbers. Yes, I use that as a tool. But anytime we bring in a new vendor, it's going to come down to what the team feels they need and what they feel they can sell. What is your personal vision for the cannabis industry? My goal is hopefully to see more medical-based products, more medical-based testing. I would love to see the testing facilities be regulated more. I think that's a huge thing we're missing right now. Like it should be regulated. We need pesticide testing on all products. I'm not, I, I can't believe that it's not a thing yet. And all the testing practices should be similar across the, the state because right now the testing is, is just all over the place. And it unfortunately is used a lot in selling product. We try not to play off the numbers. We try to play even off terpenes would be great. And I would like to see the industry go more toward education and terpene profiles and the entourage effect, her terpene profiles. Instead of playing by the number, that, that number is just hurting everybody. I'll buy product. I buy product. I don't care if it's 15%. I'll buy it as long as I know it's fire and it's tested well because my, my butters will be able to sell it. But I always ask, hey, give me some kind of material that I can push um, either on like what kind of effect this will be, what's the terpene profile. I'd like to see more of the industry go that way. That's my goal, as well as have more specific testing. And that comes down to just education as well. <laughs> I'd love to see the industry come, uh, maybe have more of a title, a bud tender almost, like, you know, like they have to go through some kind of training. For sure. Because especially if you're medically certified, that's great, you get medically certified, but it doesn't cover everything still. It really doesn't. It covers such basics, and I'd love to see anyone who's going to be basically giving a medical advice to have way more education. But that isn't the case yet. I'd love to see that. But as we were saying earlier, you know, three months in this industry feels like, you know, a year or two years. So, you know, and there's a lot of trial and error that comes with that. And we've learned a lot. Our our team is amazing. We're very picky who we bring in and they're they're like very passionate about what they're selling. And it, it really makes a difference. And I think that that's why the guests come back. They like that we actually care. And I'm, I'm not saying that we're the only ones who do. It's just it's it's nice to have that kind of interaction. You don't go to a BevMo and get that kind of that kind of feel, right? Yeah, right. And I agree with you. This this is for enhancing their their lives or somehow making it better. That means that comes care, compassion, and empathy. Yeah, I think that's great. Had some really good suggestions. I think for future cannabis procedures and compliance is a big thing in cannabis, and it always will be. But figuring out what we're being compliant with is kind of where the area is so 
muddled. It's not just gray. It's it's muddled. It's muddled. <laughs> That's a great yeah. word to put it. Right. And you know, I'm hoping one day the the rules will get more specific. They'll get a little bit more clear and be beneficially clear. Again, yes. get to the point where we're actually doing ourselves a favor with the laws, as opposed to just putting laws on the books because there needs to be. Because again, I think at this point there's a lot of self stewardship that's going on to try to be best practices, and everybody is in this for the betterment and the success, mm-hmm. sustainability, and the joy that they just find that this industry needs to be held onto and, and, and carried upon our shoulders with in a way. It's quite amazing. How can we make this a fluid business? This is, this is a big growing business. That is, that is what this is. And I, you know, some of these people came into this industry thinking it's going to be easy just to sell weed and make money. And no, this is, this is now a business practice. You have to know you know, how to run your books, you have, you know, as well as serve the guests. It's got to be two parts there, at least. Some people have learned that, some people have not, unfortunately. That's the thing right now with, with, you know, the rules and regulations, and it has made it hard sometimes to run a business with all these different regulations. Quarantine is a great example. You know, getting rid of quarantine has helped so many of our vendors be able to schedule better and get product in a, in a more timely fashion. Returns and in inventory management has been huge because of that. It's just one example. There's all the little things that still need some tweaking, still need some changes. We're getting there. It does help us run a business better, which means we can provide better and we can expand and grow. That's probably the biggest fear. We don't want you to expand and grow yet. We don't know what you're expanding and growing into. And that's the thing too. It's it's um, picking vendors is tough because you have to also think long term. You have to make sure you find out. Hey, is this going to be a relationship that I can grow and work with for years to come? And I know this year's particularly tough for a lot of vendors, a lot of retailers. Picking that vendor, they may have fire, but if, if you know, if something where I feel like their business strategy isn't on the same level, or they're not as organized as we need them to be, or, or they're just not pleasant to work with sometimes, you know, you have to have a little bit of everything in there so that we, we can make sure that you can last with us because we want to go long term. We want, we, we don't want to be here just for, for a few years. We want to be here for 50. We, we want to grow. And that means our vendors need to be on that that same level with us it's tough because there's a lot of good product out there now it's it's gotten so much better over every year what makes you stand out can't just be the product anymore it has to be the packaging has to be your marketing strategy it has to be how you present what's your consistency what's your failure rates versus others that we have on hand and how do you stand out because we don't just buy one one order and then say sorry that was it we want to make sure you stand out and can hold your own on our shelves long term you know there's something to be said for that in the beginning model but then there's also a growth that i think stores are going to go through and they're going to figure out different ways to bring in these small farms and it's great that you brought up like you know smaller growers and stuff like that. I actually love working with them as long as, again, they, they have potential to grow and, and, and are organized. Like I said, we have so many, so many stores up here. What sets you aside is also who you sell. So what I like to do is bring people who are not really up here yet or who are very little stores. It's A, it, it keeps us apart. We are very picky, so whoever we do bring in is going to be good. It's going to be great stuff. And also helps out the little businesses who may not have started when Fat Panda did and knew that branding was going to be such a big thing in Washington State because branding is huge. And we love to help them. We have a graphic designer, you know, who if he has time, he'll help them out with anything. And 
And we, we've worked with some really great smaller vendors that are doing wonderfully for us. So, and yeah, we play with the big guys too. That's great. That's definitely needed. It is, it is what it is in this industry, but I just, it's having that mixture of the right mix balance. I think that's a great experience going into a store and not seeing anybody I've ever seen before and go, who's doing this? Exactly. And you know, who's coming back for your product and how consistent is your product? Consistency can either make or break you. If you have so many cool strains, but only two of them are actually really good and the rest are subpar, it's going to be a tough one to keep you moving. You know, we'll work our magic, we'll try marketing, we'll blast, text blast, we'll do newsletters, but you have to have that consistent, high quality product for the whatever reasonable price we feel you can sell. When I think about looking into a new vendor, we do this very extensive online review system. I think you might have seen that. And we do kind of a star system and everything. And I don't tell them what I would be potentially buying the product out. I want to see what they could sell it for. Mm. And that's a big part I look at. I'm like, hey, okay, they think they can sell it as a 12. It's a really expensive one. I'd probably have to sell it a 15, then it's not going to work out. And, and this is where it comes back with that communication with the teams. I do like our review system. It works very well, and it helps me out a lot. That sounds awesome. Let's go ahead and ask, what's your favorite personal canvas story? Ooh, my first dab. <laughs> <laughs> I remember my friend, uh, I mean, I got into this. I just started uh, working in 2020, and I, all I had done is smoked flour. And I was like, okay, got to try everything, and I, I love edibles. That's fine. But, okay, let's do a dab. Oh, man. <laughs> they gave me a really big one. My friends were good friends. They gave me a nice fat dab for my first dab. I just remember time slowing down. Like, after that first coffee fit, I was just... What time was it? <laughs> Where am I? Completely gone. And it was it was a fun experience, I think, Every time I teach now someone how to do a dab, though, I definitely tell them to take a small one to try. My friends are great friends. But, uh, yeah, no, I just I just remember just how crazy time had just slowed. I'd never had that effect in my life before. Yeah, that first dab, I'll never forget. It was just, I just sat on the couch. Everyone was laughing and looking at me, and I just had my hands on my side, just staring, just like, where, what is going on? Good times. Good times. That's great. I had a similar experience probably not my first dab but one of my first dabs I was was very it's like what just happened can't feel my body (laughs) and and that was actually the first time that I considered being like an older person with very severe daily pain just like miserable trucking through the day Mm -hmm. and I remember feeling like I can totally imagine why somebody would want to feel like this I didn't necessarily want to feel like that at the time but that was for me just like a feeling of like you know I kind of knew what I was getting into I knew I had just taken a really big dab and overestimated myself and I was yeah just very like okay I really want to shake this off, but I I can see why somebody might want to yep. be there for oh, yeah. after a long day oh, or yeah. you know, whatever somebody might be going through. But. I mean, I mean, I remember my first cannabis experience ever, and that was one of those people that was like, oh, it didn't work, and then nothing happened because <laughs> I didn't actually know how to inhale. Sure. Uh, you know, and then the second time I was watching uh, some kind of like romantic comedy with my friend, and I I was like, okay, I'll try it again. And that was the funniest movie I'd ever seen. I laughed <laughs> constantly. And then I think I rewatched the movie and it's not a good movie. But that, that movie was the funniest movie I've ever seen to, to this day. And it was a great, great first, ex- well, first actual experience smoking. And I exactly that. I can see why people would enjoy this. It was... It was definitely an eye-opening experience for me. I was really happy to be able now to provide that to, to people just for recreational use or for medical. It's great. Heck yeah. Right awesome. On. Awesome stuff. Cool. Well... I think that's fantastic. We really appreciate you having you on for the business bragging section with 2020 Solutions. Thank you so much, Jackie. It's been a pleasure. Yeah, it's been a pleasure. This was a lot of fun. Awesome. Yeah, thanks for being here. 
CBD Magcast and Cannabis Concierge are a division of Confidential Monkey Enterprises. Visit us at www.cannabisbeyonddope.com.